The following podcast contains strong language and explicit content. And if that offends you, then I suggest you switch this off. This is a Podcast Now production. What fucking hope do I have? There's Ben, who hates women. And there's Johnny, who just loves women's vaginas to be planted on his face. Welcome to Love Bites, a podcast about all the things you're told you couldn't talk about. Second time around doing that, I sounded a bit more enthusiastic. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> I'm just so like, do you know when you're like at the point in the time of year, you're right, do you want me to hold that? Um, where everything is so stressful, I don't know what day of the week it is, and I just can't be enthused about anything right now. Yeah. I get it. I've just come off. Oh, by the way, it just so happens that at this exact point in time, my neighbor's gardener is out there mowing the fucking lawn. Do you think it's appropriate if I go out there and ask him to suspend work just so we can? Do you hear it? Can you hear that? We. I can't hear it. Thank God. Okay, because it's really, really. No, 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 no. I can't hear it. How are you? Luna, I have just come off. Um, I've just had a week of COVID all last week. And to say it pushed me to the edge would be an understatement. I basically felt like I was having a mental breakdown last week because I had COVID and I don't know how, I know you actually had a really bad stint, but firstly, I thought that COVID had fucking disappeared and then all of a sudden I got it and I was like, where the hell did that come from? But apparently there's like a surge, but we just don't talk about it anymore, which I think is a really good coping mechanism. But being self-employed is the fucking pits when you're sick because you can't just yeah. call in sick to an office and say, listen, I'm going to be off today. The you know other members of the team can pick up the slack. I felt like I had the weight of the world on my shoulders last week. And even when I was riddled with COVID, I'm actually quite unwell. I was trying to write press releases, the eternal people pleaser. I wasn't able to push back on people and say, listen, I'm fucking sick and I can't do this. So I got myself into such a tailspin, Fiona. And all I could think about is, is it better just to have a quote unquote normal job and work for somebody else? Because I felt like I couldn't even take a day off when I was sick. And I know there's ups and downs to the self-employed entrepreneurial journey, but that was definitely definitely one of my low points. Do you know, though, I think that that can also happen in a full employed job. I think that people these days just like don't see humans as humans. Like if there's a huge event, so I'm working on a big event um, and I feel like, I treat my staff very humanely and so does our company as if someone's sick, they're sick. What can you do? But like, I think that a lot of companies um, don't do that. Like they're made to work like crazy. And that's where we have this millennial burnout situation that everyone. And I I feel like the Gen Zers, right? They've okay. They're annoying as fuck. Could we work with a few Gen Zers? And they're like, taking a million breaks today and they're like I don't want to do that that affects my mental health and it's quite annoying but actually they're really good at putting boundaries in place which as a millennial is frustrating but actually I kind of respect it because that's something that us millennials are really fucking bad at 
you're right, Fiona, corporate burnout in the millennial demographic is freaking huge. And I really want to learn how to put boundaries in place, especially at work. I just feel like I am always trying to excel. I'm always trying to show that I can do this, but it benefits fucking nobody. The person that it absolutely cripples is me. So what the hell is the point? Do you ever think like, I sometimes think that, what are we doing it for? Like, what are we doing this for? Like, why are why? we? I, I had a, a really good chat with our um mutual friend and ex boss Kat Reese like last week, and I was like, "Who am I proving this to? What what is the end goal?" And essentially, it's just to give ourselves burnout and to put ourselves under a tremendous amount of pressure. And let me just tell you, Fiona, I'm just off a call moments ago, and a client spoke to me like fucking shit I am I probably should have killed off before jumping onto a cord but sometimes it's actually good to be enveloped in the emotion so you can truly you can feel how seething I am on a zoom call with 10 people and he spoke to me like a fucking idiot right and usually I sit there and say okay yeah, sure, we'll have a conversation, circle back, all that fucking bullshit. But I jumped down his throat and I was like, well, what the, What do you expect? Do you want us to be there every night? Do you want us to basically be there at your beck and call? And he was like, yes, that's what I expect. And then what are you meant to say to that? I was like, okay. Yeah, and I-, I could feel my voice getting all stumbly and wave, like wavy and like everything was becoming coming out all like scrambled and I could hear them listening to me going she's crumbling she's crumbling and you know what Fiona that is such a Dubai thing and I've realized it because I work with Dubai clients and I work with clients in Ireland when I was sick this week I was really slack with my social media clients that I manage at home. Every one of them were like, listen, we're so sorry to disturb, but no, you've got COVID. When you have a chance, if you're feeling up to it in Dubai, nobody gives a flying fuck. If they're paying you, you're expected to be there at their beck and call. And there is such a sense of urgency in Dubai. It creates so much stress and anxiety. And that motherfucker on the call has really boiled my blood. I completely, it's a hundred percent a Dubai thing because I, my, uh, the founder of our company always laughs at me for my PTSD that I have. Like even today, for example, I've got pitch later, pitching for a new client and uh, she's going to be on the pitch. She's going to zoom in. And I don't know why, but I've got like, ha- like horrendous anxiety about this pitch where I wouldn't usually have if it was just me. And I've had her on a pitch before and she's abs- she's the best. And she's like 100% on our su- my side. Like once we pitched for something and uh, this guy was being an arsehole and she messaged me on the side being like, don't worry, he's just being a dick. Like, you know, like she's always, she's the most amazing boss ever. And I've got such bad PTSD from basically like in the past, just like being told, like, I don't know, just like that I'm not good enough or like being worked to the bone and like, you have to like do this, do that. And it's just like, and she always like, and I had a conversation yesterday with my CEO about, you know, how I was like 
in a panic basically of like I've got so much work I like work into the night I work every single weekend just so that I'm not behind Mm -hmm. and he was like you're just panicking and I was like I am I'm just panicking and there's uh, Fiona we've definitely both been tarred with the same brush there because I think we're both the same and this being busy thing I feel like a lot of us wear being busy like a badge of honor like oh my god we're so busy flat out working to the night and I know I've said it so much especially this week because it's exacerbated by COVID and I've hated every minute of it but Fiona I don't want to be busy I do not want that for myself and I do not want that for my life I don't want to spend my life in a busy tailspin stupor what the fuck does it achieve except anxiety uh, high blood pressure stress anxiety like it, it doesn't nobody's like oh my god Fiona's absolutely amazing do you know how busy she is do you know how late Fiona stays up working nobody gives a flying fuck except you and the only person that adversely affects is you give me one second the dog's sniffing around I feel like she's gonna wee in the house carry on just talk to the talk to everyone keep going <laughs> anyways give me one second listen you back. walk away I am just as you can tell, feeling unbelievably overwhelmed. And I feel like many of us feel the same way. And ultimately, it benefits nobody except the people that we're working for. And we are left in the shit. Every single one of us need to reestablish boundaries. We need to put systems in place to avoid burnout Because I feel like it is such, I feel like Fiona corporate burnout is more of a pandemic than COVID at this stage. Sorry, I'm back. Shouldn't fucking we? I've left the door open. If she wants to go out, it's fine. Smooth as always. Anyways, no more corporate burnout. Let's put boundaries in place. And Fiona, is it acceptable when somebody speaks to me like shit on a call that I respond speaking to them like shit in the same way? Or is that just horrendously unprofessional? No, I feel like you should stand your ground. I also think that it's the level, like, I think it's also to this point where, like, how much do you care what they think? How much do you care if you lose the client? Like, if someone's talking to you like, shit, are they worth are they worth keeping in your life? And it is just one of these things where it's like, I kind of sometimes get to the point where like, I'm doing some, I do stuff sometimes because I'm like, do you know what? I know it's probably going to be good. Good for me to do this. I'll just grit my teeth and do it. But then there's another part of me that's just like, is it worth it? Is it worth the pain and stress and anxiety? No, nothing is worth that. Nothing. And I I also, I don't know if you have these things. I flip through like when things are going really well and like they do like most of the time, like 99% of the time, it's just like a shit time of year at the moment. I feel like I'm like, I get on a high of because I do love my job and as well like I'm very lucky that I love my job but there's sometimes a part where I'm like I just want to quit and become a yoga teacher yeah oh my god I have that all the time I was with a friend yesterday who's a Pilates instructor formerly in the NHS and I was like looking at her life going this is amazing and I did a job the other day that probably paid me more in a few hours than it would take me to earn over a series of days or weeks in my kind of comms business and it was like doing a little presenting job like I was presenting for this um company called Tile Market and I loved it and I was like okay I was obviously shitting myself beforehand because you know I have that weird fucking fear of public speaking and being in front of a camera 
but I absolutely loved it and I relished being around other people and I think what I struggle so much about in my work Fiona is the fact that I work solo it's just me and my laptop. I don't have a team around me where I can dissipate my anxiety by having a vent or going out to get a coffee or going to like have a cry together. You know, we used to do that in our agency. And I just feel like I'm so focused on the laptop and the task and it's just me. And that's why when I had need a, a, a week sick with COVID or whatever, there's nobody for me to offload to. And I feel that that's so fucking unhealthy. And I feel like a lot of us have struggled with the working from home thing. And maybe it was a novelty in the beginning and then it's not so fun anymore. But I just loved being around other people and feeling like I was part of something and having a bit of crack. And on almost on a daily basis over the last couple of weeks, I've thought to myself, do you know what? Like, Maybe I am somebody that just wants to go and get a job and feel like I'm part of a team. Yes, I won't have the crazy flexibility that I have. But Fiona, I also went away on two holidays, a week in Greece and a week in Spain. And great because I had the flexibility and I was telling everybody, you know, because I'm self-employed, that's why I can come here. I worked every single day of that holiday while people were out at the pool enjoying cocktails. I was inside on my laptop one day in Spain when I was away with my partner. I worked a 12 hour day and he was like, Laura, this is not fucking normal. And I was like, I know I'm not even what's the point of the flexibility when I'm feeling this stressed. I didn't expect this to be a fucking work around Fiona, but that call has really just put a rocket up my arse. I think that also we have to, I look at like, my sex drive I basically don't have any I don't want to I just I can't be bothered because I'm so stressed I'm so tired I haven't like I haven't gone to the gym I went this morning because I I'm doing this transformation challenge again because I just needed something to like focus on but I was Mm. like I basically just don't have any sex drive at the moment at all because I am so tired and so stressed and I'm not even thinking about my relationship and I think that when you stop thinking about it and I guess that's a good thing in a way because everything everything's like good like it actually is like massive like I've definitely found like a, a dip not in like the amount of the, like we don't like argue or anything like that nothing like that but it's the amount of time we spend together like we don't spend and like I'm working into the evening so we don't have that time together after work and I'm stressed and if I don't work I'm feeling stressed and we haven't had like a weekend together because I'm working and he's like, well, I'm not going to sit here in the house. And and then we end up not, not having sex. Yeah. Welcome to my life. Literally so shit. And this is what Lisa talks about, the importance of scheduling, like, well, we sex did, dates and we scheduling lovely time together. And sometimes you just have to do it. And I know you have that, like, morning period and, uh, over the weekend, like a Sunday morning or whatever. That you oh, no, feel that's like, gone. Like, that's gone. Okay. <laughs> But do you know what? You you could reintroduce it, but uh, Fiona, when you're the funniest thing, I was in the shower the other day, so I haven't felt the horn for like a while, and I was in the shower the other day. Depressing, Fiona. It's utterly depressing, isn't it? This is why I was on the podcast last year, crying my fucking eyes out because it is the worst feeling in the world. It's awful. It affects every. It affects your whole zest for life. Literally, say so I was in the shower and I suddenly like got the horn and I was like, "Whoa, it's back!" So I like I said to George, "I was like, oh my god, it's back. We need to have sex." So we were we were like, "Sunday, Sunday's gonna be our day. Sunday's gonna be our day." What happens on Sunday? I get my period. I know, so but that's that's just you, know, you can do other things. 
no well, that's the thing I just can't like we don't even have time to- I don't have time I don't have the time anyway it's fine it, it will the corn will come back and I know it's just like a very stressful time and I'm trying to be really zen about it and that was not what this 15 minutes was supposed to be about but anyway can I just go. quickly tell you before we yeah. move on I had a amazing amazing therapy session with um my therapist Peter he's amazing and we were talking about the libido and we actually have never really talked about sex because I'm busy dealing with so many other things but he did like ask me a question about my libido um in my last session and I did tell him that my libido has been non-existent for well quite some time and it kind of comes back very sporadically but not enough for me to say that my libido is back and I brushed it off as a very like oh it's fine like my libido's low and I don't really feel the horn I think I used that term and he was like what well, and I was like sorry I have a sex podcast and sometimes I just say things and I shouldn't and he was like okay I like it the horn I like it horny horny devil and I was like okay cool anyways he was like to me okay we need to back up he was like having a low libido is a really really big deal and you've just brushed it off like it's nothing and let me tell you a low libido can spill into every area of your life low libido leads to low energy leads to low mood and it is not good you it's your he basically described he said freud described it as your energy life force is your libido and that doesn't mean that you have to constantly walk around like wanting to have sex every minute of the day but it's it's more than a sex thing it's like it's like an energy and a zest for life and he said basically that the libido can spill into every other area but at times you don't really know if it's your love of life or your libido what's contributing to what that sometimes we become so confused in our relationships because we're like is it my lack of desire for that person in particular or is it my lack of desire for life at the moment for me it's the lack of love for life yeah I'm not loving my life right now it's bullshit I know. but it's kind of one of those things where like I listened to this podcast um just before we move on um with um Delicious Viella from her wellness podcast and Roxy Defuse. and Roxy I don't know she's like an influencer and she basically has she it was about manifesting and mm-hmm. like she was talking about how sometimes in her life, if something is like, she knows she's going to be super, super busy. It's one of those things where like, she just, you have to kind of just like get, know that you've got to just get through it. And then on the other side, make sure that you have that time where you're not going to be doing like you, you've created a space where you can like reconnect with your family and like have that time. She was like, you can't go through life like it's almost like you need to block out these times so that's what I've basically like done to myself I'm like yes now it's not a good time but in a few weeks I will be out the other side and I've taken three weeks off in December so I'm like good for you good for you when you block it out like that I almost it almost made me feel better where I'm like it's almost like only three more weeks only two more weeks only one more week and it's just like 
if I felt like it was just like an ongoing, never-ending thing, that's where I think the corporate burnout comes in. And I think not even corporate burnout, I think just burnout in general. That's, I think that if Fiona, trying- that's where I'm at. I can see another side. I cannot see another side. I thought those trips away were going to be my other side and they weren't. And this is why I feel like I am drowning because there is no other side because being self-employed, I don't get a fucking holiday. <sighs> Anyways, listen, I just... I don't want to talk about this anymore because I'm just going to end up fucking Let's... having a breakdown live on the podcast. I want to read out one Tinder bio that my friend sent me. Oh my God, Tinder bios of the week. It's Tinder bios of the week. Actually, that's wrong. Not Tinder bio, but about me. So this guy from what he is, okay, he is a a teacher at home. So like this guy has his shit together. He has his head screwed on. Um, and this was his about me on tinder that i was just floored by bearing in mind fiona you are, are you know okay with tinder about me is your time to shine like i love dogs and walks on the beach and some guys like um bdsm some people mention about their sexual fetishes some people like about how they like a big stroganoff it's entirely up to you but this guy took it this opportunity to write everything that he hates in women right oh my god about okay. me reasons to swipe left and by the way as we go through the list take a mental note of reasons why this guy would not choose you because i think i made it up to about five five reasons why he would swipe left swipe left left by the way is reasons to um say no not accept this guy reasons to swipe left filtered photos mountains of makeup close-up photographs too many photos that look different drug takers heavy drinkers smokers party girls low self-esteem if you rate yourself when you're glammed up instead of your everyday look any cosmetic work including fillers and botox projects if you don't attend on messaging me back if you don't want if you want to be pen pals drama queens if you have snapchat if you have tiktok if you have any need for external validation if you enjoy putting thirst traps on social media what the fuck (laughs) cosmetic surgery i'm out thirst traps i'm out tiktok i'm out what was the other so many smokers heavy drinkers drug takers i'm out i mean what i'm out is this guy smoking crack like it's like someone ordered a victorian like literally a victorian virgin chast as chast can be so let's say i was a girl and he's a guy and he looks hot because actually fiona he's a really good looking guy he's a professional i think he's a principal at a really good school at home so this guy on paper has a shit together Having read his diatribe, I would so quickly swipe left on that motherfucker with his, like, that just screams of misogyny to me. And it screams that he has been, I don't know, maybe like catfished or whatever, which I get. Maybe he met a girl and in the flesh, she wasn't like her photos. And I understand that. That's just a trap of Tinder. And it's just one of the things that you have to, acknowledged can happen but like is this the modern man's outlook on women when it comes to finding a date on tinder this guy sounds like a little bitch 
like a little bitch. And then she sent me this other guy in the, in the same thread. And his opener is <clears throat> Johnny41, boss at my own company. Good for you, Johnny. About me. No need to look for a chair when I've got a perfectly good face to sit on. Oh, wow. <laughs> My wow. friend is like, what fucking hope do I have? There's Ben, who hates women. And there's Johnny, who just loves women's vaginas to be planted on his face. But I hey, mean, the boss at his own company. At least he likes oral sex. Because some guys don't like to go down on you. And they need to be put in the bin. So, <laughs> Anyways, I just I thought say- I'd put those out there ben if you're listening you're a wanker i would swipe right on johnny because you know what there needs to be more men in the world that want you to sit on their face (laughs) (laughs) i know it sounds a little bit like you know maybe he's a bit of a freak and a creep but you know what he wants you to sit on his face he wants to pay it forward guys i you know what i reckon ben would go down on you once a year for your birthday and he'd have to make sure that everything is so fucking manicured but also he likes the natural look I think Ben is a very conflicted person we're moving on from Ben we've got a letter I'm ready hi girls love the podcast and I may be your youngest listener although I do have all of my friends tuning in too thank you so much I've just turned 21 and currently taking a year out of university. I feel so lost and unhappy in my degree and questioning why I ever chose it. This has been playing on my mind for months and I think I just hit a wall last week. I can't eat, I can't sleep with anxiety over my future. I would really love to take this year to try out a few courses in massage and holistic therapy, although I feel judged by others as I've been told by family members I'm throwing away my degree and wasting my brains. Listening to your podcast, I hear two successful and inspirational women who have built amazing careers. I guess I'm asking, what advice would you give to your 21-year-old self? And was there a time in your life that you could relate to this? Honey, I am 37 years old and I relate to this on every fucking level. What advice would I give to my 21-year-old self? Stop taking drugs. (laughs) That's what I would give. Stop (laughs) taking drugs. Wear a condom. That's the advice I would give. Stop having sex unprotected because it is not good for anyone i was going to say it about protection but i was going to talk about <laughs> spf but hey you've oh got, yeah you have <laughs> dog box and i have ticked the spf box to my 21 year old self stop sleeping on sunbeds yes get although 31 year old me did that recently <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure once in a while I literally did a sunbed four days a week I had like such a fucking toxic tan I literally li- looked like I did was not born in Ireland um so okay uh, it- do you know I have to say though when I was at university in my first year I had a bit of a situation like this where I really didn't enjoy my course I did drama mm-hmm. so I also went to an arts university, which means that my drama course was very much like drama school. And also a lot of people were there 
in the preempt of going to drama school. And it was, I, I found it very difficult because I was come, had come from a school where the drama A level was three of us. And then I went into a university where everyone was like incredible. And I was just a bit shit. And um, I wanted to change my course. And I didn't in the end because I just plowed through and I managed to get through it. And there is a part of me that wishes that I'd pushed myself to change my course. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like with university degrees, they don't fucking matter. They don't matter. Unless you are going to go and work in a bank or you are a lawyer or you are a doctor or you are someone that needs a professional education to Mm -hmm. excel and they need these qualifications because it's required. If you're not looking to do that, then it doesn't fucking matter. Like, Sean, who works for me, she's a senior manager. She's going to be a director soon. She doesn't have a university degree. I didn't employ her when she was an intern way back in the day for her university degree. She did it because I thought she would be really good at the job and I'm mm-hmm. whole, she's good at her job. And I think that there have been so many times where I've had CVs and I remember this so clearly, actually. I remember having a CV with this girl. She'd gone to Oxford and she hadn't had one bit of work experience and I thought she was a bit socially inept. And then I met Sean, who was so much fun like we'd already met like on a night out and I'm so glad and she'd already she'd worked in a school she was like a teacher at a school in Australia she'd like gone away and like traveled and things like that and I employed Chan and I am so glad I did because I actually think that the university degree from Oxford I'm like what is that what's that proving to me absolutely nothing that you can memorize things and write an essay you don't mm-hmm. need that in real life. So I would say my advice to this girl is if you're not feeling it in your university degree, you're not throwing your life away, go and do what you want because those three years are very precious. When you get out into the real world, no one gives a shit. They care more about what work experience you have, in my opinion, unless you want to go be a lawyer, doctor or a banker. Well, I, I did study law and hated every minute of the degree I love the social life that my university life at university bought me but I didn't enjoy anything about law I was not cut out for law I was law is black and white and I speak in so much color and I just don't agree with the black and white approach which completely rallies against the law thing so having studied law I have never once used that degree for anything my boyfriend has dropped out of not one but two degrees and he is the most intelligent man I've ever met in my life but just hated university um what he does in his job now and how he has absolutely excelled in his work has nothing to do with the fact that he dropped out of two university degrees they've never even asked for third level education you just he got by in his job because he's very good at it and it's about the type of person that he is and this is across the board. I feel like life now and the the corporate world now is so dictated by the type of person that you are, the transferable skills that you bring to the table. I know of very few companies now that need to see a degree. And there is so much opportunity to carve out your own career. This girl mentions loving um, holistic therapies and massage and things like that. There is so much scope now for you to carve out a career on your terms. Fiona, I don't know about you, but having studied law, 
thinking I was the fucking big balls because I had this amazing degree. Um, then I went into PR. And again, PR at that time was a really, really like, it was one of those jobs that everybody wanted to get into. My friends that studied, not even studied, they maybe did a, a stint at like a beauty academy or whatever, went to tech. And then they went to do like beauty, eyelashes, um, HD brows. They made more money than any of the girls that studied law or got into PR and they're also doing a job that they absolutely bloody love. And long gone are the days that you are credible because you have a law degree or a engineering degree or whatever. <clears throat> if you want to be a doctor, fair enough. You need to go and you need to study medicine. If you want to be an architect, you need to study architecture. But everything else just does not freaking matter. And I highly recommend that girl change her trajectory and she basically can change the trajectory of her life until the day she fucking dies and that is something that I am living every day because I feel like at 37 I don't know what the fuck I'm doing and I'm gonna have to change course again but you know what that's what life's all about it's not one linear path it's about deviations it's about moving off your path carving out a new one that works so much better for you and doing that until the end of time because that is what makes us human and that is what makes our life worth living in my opinion I completely agree I actually <clears throat> what other I mean I know what other advice I'd give to my 21 year old self break up with the boyfriend you're with because he's shit <laughs> yes I completely agree, Fiona. I think if I was to go back to that age, I would just tell myself to fucking relax and stop stressing that I basically have so much time to make mistakes and pull it all back and do not put so much pressure on myself. Also, um, I think it's about caring about what other people think. Like, I know it's very difficult as well when you're 21, when you're still seen as quite, like, at 21, you're still a child in your parents' eyes, for you know, for a star. I'm almost 32 and I'm still a child in my parents' eyes, but I've got to the point now where I start, you have to make those decisions for yourself. Like, and I think that our parents, they, they, they've come from a different time. Even the parents with a 21 year old, it's still the, you know, that kind of older generation and they see a university degree, like what you said, as a measure of how clever someone is when actually it's nothing to do with that. And it's better for mental health to, change something that is easily changed at 21 then doing it and then being unhappy and not knowing what they want to do with their lives because I wish I'd changed my degree to English literature when I had the chance because I actually don't think that I would have gone into PR I actually PR for me is like my career it's been you know it is I've done it for over 10 years now and that's I'm really happy and I absolutely love it but I think if I'd done an English literature degree I think I would have probably gone into creative writing or become a writer of some kind like I don't know I could have done it as well with a drama degree but we weren't I don't know our 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 uh university was a bit woo woo um I think there were there is so there were so many career paths for me that I could have done where I got stuck in PR, which I am so proud, I'm so pleased of because yes, it's a good career and like I've I there's no way I can change it now. 
but I feel like I could have done. Mm-hmm. I still can. But but he yeah, exactly that's what I was thinking. And I was talking to my boyfriend about the advice that I would give myself about going easy on myself and just practicing like self-care and self-compassion. I didn't even know what that was at 21. I feel like that's just something that come in that's come into our realm of consciousness in the last 10 years. Um and also about um not people pleasing and surrounding myself with good women and a there are women at that because 21 years old like you're I feel like people at that age are like into like their groups of girls and having loads of fun and going on holidays and things surrounding yourself with good girls and if you're getting bad vibes from a friend chances are they may be like a toxic friend and to cut them loose and just to surround yourself with people that like feed your soul and feed your sunshine and don't like piss all over your parade um and then he said to me okay well how about when you're 70 what advice would you give to yourself now? And the same advice would probably oh. apply. And the reality is the advice that we're given this 21 year old, we should also be taking it on ourselves because in our thirties and our forties, our life has also just begun. We have got so many decades ahead of us. So the advice that we give to this girl, we should also be taking on ourselves. There's no like cutoff point for this. So Fiona quickly, I'm just going to read out a few of our listeners. We asked them what advice they would give their 21 year old selves. So we can give this to our, convey it to our reader, but also we all could do with taking this advice on board. So not to rush and to slow down. You don't have to have it all together at 31, at 20, at 21. Just enjoy. The same goes for 31, 41, 51. Um, move country and get lost somewhere. Keep those Pokemon cards safe. They will make you a fortune one day. <laughs> one word, sun protection. Actually two. So I'm assuming that she needs sun protection and um, condoms. condoms. <laughs> Um, you weigh 54 kgs you are not fucking fat never buy a house with somebody else follow your dreams don't let anyone sell you theirs do not marry him stay single no rush enjoy 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 work on yourself work on your mind how you view yourself and your outlook on life the rest will fall into place something like oh love you have no idea what you're in for your 20s will bring you everything you will bring you everything you want heartbreak is good it means you didn't accidentally marry a tool love that enjoy what you really and explore what you really enjoy even if you're nervous or scared thrive to impress yourself and nobody else wear a factor 50 on your face put all your focus into yourself not into men the rest will follow 41 now and only finding out that life is for relaxing and enjoying. You don't need to live by other people's expectations. Sample more dick. (laughs) Go travel and have fun. Do not worry, my darling. It works out better than you ever imagined. Be your own best friend. Release the pressure to just get it over and done with do it when it feels right I actually love that and I feel so much of it like even now I feel like I just need to text tick the box to get it done so plenty of amazing advice I mean the list goes on and on and on you don't need anybody's love you don't need anybody's love to love yourself you love yourself the way you want to be loved I love that I I I appreciate my 20s so much 
but I have to say I enjoy my 30s more. I feel like I don't think I, I'm looking back, I don't think I enjoyed my 20s that much. I feel like the anxieties that I have with work and life are a bit more justified than the anxieties that I had in my 20s. Like, do you know, just touching on this very quickly, just because I thought it was really funny. I was talking to one of the girls that worked with us, um, Kira, I'll name her because it was very funny. And uh, at the time when me and her worked together, she was my boss and it was when I was working in fashion and I was telling her how stressed I was. And I was saying, and then at the end of the conversation, I was like, do you know what? Cause she was basically like, you can get through it. She was like, you've got through it before. And I was like, hang on a second. If I can get through Paris fashion week, I can get through this time. Yeah, <laughs> like absolutely. literally. And I was thinking, I was talking to her about it. And I was like, the anxieties that I felt of fashion week was I was worried that I was going to be fired. And I was, and actually looking back on it, like all those things the why I was feeling anxious was I was worried about not doing a good job and that I was going to be fired. I was worried that like, I was going to be seen as like not liked because I didn't do well at Paris fashion week and all these things. Whereas now I'm not worrying that I'm going to be fired. Yeah, I'm worrying and I'm anxious, but it's more about the level of workload and things like that. And I think your priorities of like why you worry back when you're younger are so are not as justified. Like things like, oh, I think I'm going to be fired. It's like not, it's just like, don't worry. It takes a really a big thing for someone to be fired on the spot. It takes like, you have to have like three warnings and then you're fired. Like, unless you're like having sex on the desk, you're not going to be fired. And also Fiona, if you are fired, you'll figure, it you'll doesn't figure matter. out a plan. Something better will be waiting there for you. Um, One million percent, like the a reassuring your younger self and also reassuring myself now as a 70 year old looking back on this conversation that it's all going to be okay every little thing is gonna be all right it always figures itself out we've been able to cope with everything before this we're going to be able to cope with everything moving forward and you know we just have to like shift our resolve and our resilience increases as we grow older and that's a fucking brilliant thing because the shit that lands on our laps means that we shouldn't freak the fuck out about it we just take it in our stride and know that we'll get over it and we'll manage it and we'll work through it the same way we've done everything else so love that letter my advice is do whatever feels right for you in this realm of education if you're not enjoying your degree sack it off go and use this time to deep dive into things that you love that are going to bring you so much joy this is why people leave their jobs as lawyers doctors architects high-flying executives to go and make pottery to go and become yoga teachers to go and become holistic therapists because it brings them joy and life is so fucking short to spend it in misery waking up with knots of anxiety in your stomach and I also need to fucking listen to this because that's currently the life that I am leading and I am so sick of it yeah because even just I'm so glad we had this conversation because I feel like I need to keep saying to myself what is the worst that's going to happen we lose an account we get fired we don't have a job anymore 
that that's not even the worst thing that can happen that is just a little bit of an inconvenience and it's totally fixable no one everyone much better is on the other side we've gone off on a massive yeah I know sorry I feel like I probably set us up in a really unhealthy way on this call for you I should have had five minutes to decompress but literally I ended that zoom call and jumped on to record with you um but I already feel so much better me too I feel like I need this like me well I fucking don't like you and your stinking attitude and what's the worst that can happen he listens to this podcast and fires me um that's fine that's absolutely fine he will probably do me the biggest favor like what's the worst that can happen moving on Fiona to our segment that brings me so much joy because we talk about the things that we love we talk about the things that feed our soul and feed our spirit El Couture recommends a huge shout out to our amazing sponsor El Couture the female founded female run athleisure wear brand who create the most beautiful pieces if you live in Dubai please do take advantage of the four hour express delivery and take a visit to their gorgeous stores they've got three on Al Wassel on JBR and now there is a beautiful new store in the mall of Emirates like me if you're living outside of Dubai then please do take uh, advantage of their delivery it's going to reach you in a few days max and they will cover all taxes and charges if you spend over $100 importantly times are freaking tough for all of us especially in the UK and Ireland please do <coughs> the discount code which is lovebites20 and you're going to get an exclusive 20% discount on anything that you order as long as it's not seal we love to see how you wear your El Couture so please do tag us both on social media that was beautifully Fiona. done beautifully done Wonderful. what are you loving this oh week? okay I can't wait for this hang on let me just sip my water so Laura are you a Sex and the City fan I am so I didn't watch the reboot and just like that I watched it in two days uh, I finished it last night so for me Sex in the City is like such a pinnacle life moment for me I think I've watched it dozens of times over and over again and each time I feel like I get something new out of it this is really geeky and I'm sorry to everyone so I was like let me watch the new the new one and I found it the have you watched it Sorry, the new Sex and the City. Yeah, the new reboot on HBO. What's it called? And Just Like That. No, do you know what, Fiona? I didn't. I didn't watch okay. it. Okay, I recommend I? it. Yes. If you're a Sex and the City fan, you must watch it because it is the most interesting thing to watch that I've watched for a long time. Because obviously, like, we've grown up watching these women. And when you watch Sex and the City, it starts with them being in their 30s around our age. And then it kind of takes you up till about they're about 38, 39. Then mm-hmm. there were the films when they're in their 40s. And then, like, te- this is 10 years later, they've done the reboot and these women are now in their their 50s they're 55 in this in this series and what I found so interesting about it was that I was watching characters and like people that I've known for like 22 years essentially that you've watched and then you're watching them after a 15 year gap basically of what their lives are like now and it is so interesting to watch 
because basically when you watch Sex in the City now, it's set in the like 90s, early 2000s. There's no WhatsApp. There's no Instagram. She's still writing a newspaper column, which would now probably would have been like a blog or like an online piece. And it's now taking them into the like, into the kind of late 2000s. And we are watching it. And it is so weird at first to watch because you're hearing Carrie Bradshaw talking about being on a podcast and like all this stuff. And what I found very interesting about it is that Sex and the City has notoriously made a lot. It basically hasn't aged very well. Like Mm -hmm. there was a lot of stuff about race. There was a lot of stuff about it being like, you know, not it did basically didn't age very well because it's, a, it's basically about cis gender women um, mm-hmm. and men. There's no like, I mean, there's like one lesbian story, but like they don't really go into it that much. And like, and uh, then by the way, people are absolutely calling me nonstop because WhatsApp is down. It's very funny. Um, and this season is, I feel Sex and City atoning for all their mistakes because it is so woke to the point of like it's a bit much the wokeness okay. of it all like even... I, I can't handle too much wokeness Fiona it also uh, fucked me it. off it, yeah it was almost to the point where like even in the first scene Carrie goes where's the weight person not where's, where's the, the what where's the weight person not where's the waiter where's the waitress where's the weight person which is obviously God. a kind of woke thing where you don't know if someone is where you know what gender they are, what pronouns they're using. And there's a lot of this like, and, but what I have to say, which I really did enjoy was that this isn't a spoiler, like it's all over the internet. Miranda then falls in love with a non-binary person. And what I did really enjoy is that I think that our society doesn't have a lot of plot lines. There's a lot of like, you know, gay men, gay women plot lines where this can happen I don't think maybe it's because we just haven't got there yet or and it's coming but I've never seen before a love interest of a non-binary person and I found that really really interesting because obviously if you're non-binary you're not he she you're them and they kind of wove that into it very interesting definitely go and have a watch for it especially if you are a fan of sex in the city i just found it mind-blowing that you're watching these characters and like 20 years later it not 10 like 15 years later it's very interesting anyway go watch it that is my recommendation laura what is yours so remember i'm just going to reassert by the way because i feel in emboldened and empowered because I recommended a book that I thought would fall so flat and that is Pillars of the Earth by Ken Follett Mm. about the construction of a cathedral in a fictitious uh, city in England Kingsbridge or Knightsbridge or something like that it's about the construction of a of a 13th century cathedral or thereabouts and I know it sounds hella boring but that book gripped me so after recommending it we had about five listeners message to say that they had started to read the book and they were hooked beyond belief and they didn't have anybody else to talk to you about it's like one of those stories that you need to message your friend and say oh my fucking god I cannot believe that happened like it it takes you on a journey so 
after recommending it I had so many messages about that and I'm so happy to be their person that they can like talk to about it but I also don't remember the things that have happened so they're like oh my god I can't believe that person died I can't believe this thing happened and I'm like I don't remember I'm going to go back and I'm going to reread it because I want to engage with them and I want to share in their excitement so Fiona please can you do the same it's I'm four being... pounds fifty on Amazon. Like four, uh, it's linked in the bio in my hungry girl. Um, like literally, it's cheapest chips, and it it'll keep you going for weeks, if not months, because it's like a doorstep book. So, I'm gonna order it as soon as the phone. Can't fall it, yeah. So the book that I am recommending, I haven't read, but I was with a friend at the weekend, and she said this was like her favorite holiday read and she recommends it for any female in life who feels like they're approaching burnout and I didn't actually intend to even feel like this as I was recommending the book but now it feels unbelievably apt um it's called I don't know if you've heard of it I don't know if you've read it a year my year of rest and relaxation by Otessa Moshke M-O-S-H- F-E-G-H. Am I pronouncing that right? Otessa Moshfke. I would have said Moshfke. Um, yeah. And she said it was an unbelievably good book for any woman to read in the modern era that feels like she has to be all things to all people. I haven't read it, but I'm going to start reading it tomorrow. So I can update you next week. But she told me it's like the ultimate book for any woman. So please go and download that and you can order that on amazon or you can download that on your kindle lovely and our recommendation from alcatraw is the watcher on netflix have you watched it oh my god i don't know about the watcher fiona i watched i don't either i don't know it was so highly acclaimed and recommended and i watched it and the end i was just like fuck off one of those ones that like it gripped me from the beginning and I wasn't able to look away but I felt underwhelmed I think there was a lot I'm gonna say this I think there was a lot of lazy script writing or like plot writing in it I felt like they didn't I look it's a true story I totally understand that but there's doing true stories that are a documentary and then they're doing true stories that are a Netflix fictitious program when you are doing a documentary, yes, you can do more to the truth, whatever. If you are doing a Netflix documentary, there has to be some drama. And there was, but I felt like it was a little lazy. I felt like they brought characters in and then just let the storyline die. Like that John Graff person, what what was, was the, the point? point what was him? the point in him? What was the point of finding the uh, apartment underneath the house? What was the point in like him hiding and all this, all this stuff? What was the point? Because they move anyway. And what was the point in the like dead ghost girl being planted yeah. in the house? Who did that? Like what? I'm, I feel like there wasn't, it, that's what I mean about this laziness. Like I understood after a while that they had this preservation society and they were trying to preserve the houses in the area. So him coming in and basically changing the kitchen marble countertops. But like, 
I know that it is a true story, but I don't know how true that point. Oh, that's is. not Fiona. I think there's like a 7% truth in that. So basically what we've done in true Love Bites fashion, we've recommended something and then we've pissed all over it. Yeah, sorry. Right? So basically El Couture recommends the watcher um, potentially don't watch it unless you want to be no, watch it but make your own mind up about it I definitely thought the acting was phenomenal Mia Farrow was phenomenal like I did think I loved her watch- fashion yeah. I just loved her style throughout oh my god she is just everything if you if we have successfully pissed all over um the watcher I'm going to recommend something else that people could watch if they're after a bit of a thriller sitch you know I love a scary movie. I love a scary series. And it's hard to find a series that's consistently scary, keeps you on the edge of your seat, keeps you engaged. And actually it's not corny and shit. So there is a series on Netflix and it's called The Haunting of Bly Manor. Okay. You've got really into this, uh, the, this, the director, by the way, because Hush is by the same people. Oh, did not know that. Yeah, so the so Haunting of Blind Manor, Haunting of Hill House, Gerald's Game, Hush, they're all the same uh, production company slash director. And also, um, I watched Hush, and I'm sorry, but it was a terrible film, Laura. <gasps> what? Sorry. I watched it because I was like... I wanted a scary film Friday night and we watched it. I didn't say it was scary. I said it was a thriller. Yeah, it was. But like me and me and George watched it. Honestly, like at the end, George was like, that was the stupidest film I've ever watched. well together i know i know i tried views on things oh yes okay because the girl in hush yeah. is also the girl Haunting in blind Bly Manor. Manor. all the actors are so if you watch um if you watch all of them which i have because i am a massive fan of the the like the series whatsapp is back by the way and i've got about a thousand whatsapps so um, have you watched the blind Manor? i've Haunting watched them all Manor. i've watched them all yeah but Blind Manor is good, right? I did like Blind Manor. I also liked Haunting of Hill House. That was very scary. The haunting. Of, I actually thought that was scary. What you must watch, which it, it's a Stephen King adaptation, is Gerald's Game. That is Never fucking my worst nightmare. It's basically about. I mean, completely love that we've gone off. We'll just say this, and then we'll then we'll go. Um, it's basically about this woman that goes on to with her husband to their um, country house, and it's like their lake house because they're trying to like reignite their marriage. And he basically handcuffs her to the bed, and then he has a heart attack and dies. <gasps> and she's basically stuck handcuffed to the bed and there's like no, she, they're on a lake house so there are happened. no there are no no wait, there are no Did she survive well you just said don't tell me what happens I know. okay don't but, <laughs> but basically that it like it's terrible so it's it hasn't got a huge cast but it's it's the same it's the same woman that's the, the mum or something in blind manner anyway it, she's basically stuck to the bed which is my worst nightmare and she's like and there's no houses around her and she's stuck but there. is she okay just you don't need to tell me in the end but is everything okay I'm not going to tell you. You need to go watch okay, it. Cool. We can discuss it next week. Anyway, we completely went off and gave you about 70 recommendations, but you know, that's okay. And now I'm going to... Fuck the watcher. Fuck the, fuck the watcher. I thought it was lazy, but the acting's really good. But go and watch 
Haunting of Blind Manor is really good and go watch Gerald's And The Haunting of Hill House. That's and Gerald's it. Game too. And I'm is Gerald's Game. Can I find that on Netflix? It's all on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, it's all on Netflix. Okay, I'm gonna watch that this weekend. Love you. Sorry about the rant, and I feel so much better. And I do as well because I've just had like 20 million WhatsApps, and I'm like, you know what? It's okay. Worst that can happen is someone will fire me, and that's also okay. I've just received quite a few messages following that call. You know the oh way like us PR girls do is like we message each other through the call and after the call, like what the fuck was that? And I've got three messages all with the same letters, WTF. Oh, let me go and deal with this motherfucker. Um, all right. Well, love you lots. Love you. And see you later. See you later.